We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in, welcome in. It is a new week, it is a new month, and my goodness, there is a lot to get to. We will try to break it down piece by piece and keep it simple, not only for you as the audience, but for us as the hosts of State of Recruiting. We're talking Dion, we're talking Colorado, we're talking the portal and more for you on the very latest State of Recruiting. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the show. I'm your host, John Garcia Jr. I'm going to be honest with you. I did not know how to dig into this at the very beginning. Uh, we always wanted to talk about the coaching carousel, of course. We will talk about it probably for the entire offseason now that the regular season and championship weekend has come to an end. But when it's Dion, it just hits different, right? There's a different level of urgency and the buzz, the news, the chatter, just the talk of Dion potentially making the jump to the FBS, much less the Power Five, has sort of galvanized the sport and overshadowed Portal Monday, which has been crazy. You know, we're recording this at 11 a.m. Monday, December 5th, and six starting quarterbacks from the ACC this year have already hit the portal. Yet and still, even with Devin Leary in there, DJ Uyangalale in there, all these big names in there, it's Deion Sanders that is dominating the timeline, dominating the conversation, and already tangibly making moves as the head coach of Colorado in college football recruiting. There are much more things to dig into relative to this move. We will try to do so all for you right here on the State of Recruiting. Please like, subscribe, rate us at SOR, a part of the CFB Nation family. Please subscribe to CFB Nation's YouTube channel where you will find all of our video content. Of course, the podcast as well, wherever you consume your podcast. Check out the other pods on the network, by the way, the All-America podcast, as well as the Lucky Lefty pod. Those folks do a really nice job. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But here, it's the state of recruiting. Let's dig into it. If you've been under a rock, Deion Sanders has officially taken the job at Colorado. Now, there's a lot of layers into just following up that statement. We won't break into all of the, we won't break down all of the bigger picture items with this move. Um, There's an underlying theme in the HBCU world that really permeated during the season, right? The whole Deion Sanders isn't swack thing popped up with some of his opponents, uh, which he has since defeated in large margin, by the way, there's, there's an underlying conversation about one, did Deion Sanders sell out the HBCUs, which is just absurd, just ridiculous. Um, It's, it's little brother clawing at big brother for attention. Um, It's sad on top of it because however much, the HBCUs will miss having Deion Sanders there going forward. He has made up for over the last three years at Jackson State in terms of putting the HBCU plan and track on the map in general, right? Uh, Jackson State was not good when Dion took it over. Not only did he turn that around on the field with a 27-5 and record, but recruiting and buzz, which – For him, that's really the center of all this, right? It's the buzz that he creates. The buzz was never higher in the HBCU world, at least in my professional career. This is the most we've talked about it, the most we've followed it, and the most that it's made an impact from Dion saying, hey, let's go undefeated and let's play an FBS team in a bowl game, which, of course, wasn't going to happen and will not happen, to winning the number one recruit in the country last cycle in Travis Hunter, and various other prospects that he was able to convince to play at Jackson State over Power 5 and other FBS opportunity. So all of that stuff will kind of leave where it is, right? You can look up Jackson State's record before Dion got there and after, right? Uh, 27 and 5 over his three years there. They hadn't won more than five games at all between – 2014 to 2020 when Dion got there right so you're talking seven full seasons and even before that they hadn't hit a 10 win season you got to go all the way back to 1996 and Dion just did it back to back including an undefeated season this year in 2022 so you can go look that up very easily and then conversely with Colorado they haven't had more than five wins in a season dating back to 2016 and before that point they hadn't had five wins or more than five wins in a season going all the way back to 2007. So the trajectory of before and after Dion is, is very firmly and easily laid out. We won't dig into those numbers specifically because they are what they are. Let's also make sure we update this because this just came out before we started to record football scoop. Friends of the program have reported details of the contract that Dion has signed with Colorado five years 29 million. So just shy of 30 million, 5.9 million per year. Uh, according to Football Scoop, this is more than 60% above 
the $3.6 million the school had paid Carl Durrell in 2022. And he'll be in the top half of the Pac-12 from a salary standpoint. Of course, there's going to be a very big onus on who Dion brings with him. There are reports of some assistants already making moves to Boulder, Colorado, including Tim Brewster, ace recruiter, uh, who's been kind of everywhere. Uh, I think that's a big deal uh, for Colorado and for Dion because there was some talk of Tim Brewster potentially taking over at Jackson State. He's going to have a $5 million salary pool, again, according to Colorado uh, and Football Scoop, I should say. He'll have a $5 million salary pool for his assistants. So Deion Sanders will be able to bring key assistants to Boulder. And I think that's where we start to underestimate Dion. Uh, for all the flack he gets for being flashy and noisy and a little bit of look at me, uh, according to some, it overlooks what he's accomplished. He should feel this way. <laughs> Uh, he, he turned around Jackson state with relative ease, right? Pretty much instantly never had a losing season and it, it got better literally every single year. So that goes without saying, but he catches all this flack for the buzz that he creates, which has only been doubled down on, uh, in the HBCU world for those who think that, uh, he has sold out the conference or HBCUs uh, as a whole, which again is absurd when you think of the buzz that he created, it's one of those that you can never really quantify or repay uh, what what Dion has helped in, in that part of, of the college football lexicon. But again, we overlook how he got those accomplishments. You don't win games just because your head coach is Dion Sanders. You have to build a staff. You have to put in game plans and maximize the talent that you've put on the roster. And that's where we, we aren't hearing any of that in the Dion Sanders conversation for the most part. And I think that's where you start to get really intrigued if you're a Pac-12 fan or certainly a Colorado Buffaloes fan relative to how you felt over the last several years under Carl Durrell and previous to that regime. So Deion Sanders can actually do this thing. Uh, when you talk about a, a, a guy who galvanizes just because of his name, but also one who people have been interested in hiring. I, I think that's the other part of this. There's another school of thought that this is too early. Um, that he might not be ready for the power five consider Dion was getting power five mentions and interviews before he ever coached at Jackson state. So before he coached in the FCS, he was getting P five and FBS overtures after year one, he got a little bit more after year two, which was last off season, he got even more and it all came down and, and, and was very apparent that this year was going to be the year that Dion jumped. So he jumps, to Colorado, uh, over uh, South Florida, and a couple of other options that apparently came in his way. Pretty much the moment Auburn locked in Hugh Freeze after targeting and missing on Lane Kiffin, at that point, because Georgia Tech had already named Brent Key its permanent coach, at that point, Deion to Colorado started accelerating very, very quickly, even before that SWAC championship game, which, by the way, Deion Sanders and Jackson State won by a wide margin. So this is good on Dion for jumping into what looked like the only uh, the final sort of power five opportunity he was going to have in this cycle. And also good on Colorado. I think this is also not being talked about. Sure, it's high risk, high reward in general, right? A coach that has not coached at the power five level. All the optics of hiring Dion uh, are understandable uh, from a risk standpoint and from a money standpoint, if we're being honest. But good on Colorado from a timing standpoint, in my opinion, because 
since they started to lock up Dion, basically Saturday, right? Where December 3rd, after winning that title, you've seen the video of Dion talking to his Jackson State players and saying, hey, I want you to hear it from me. You know, this is an opportunity to elevate and I'm going to take it, right? Totally understandable. Uh, and by the way, Shador Sanders, his son, the quarterback, already with him. He's already introduced him as the starting quarterback for, for CU. Um, so there's that. Um, and then after that point, boom, he's off to Colorado and he's there by, by late Saturday night. Think about what happened Sunday and into Monday, right? Uh, Cincinnati hires Scott Satterfield from Louisville. And now that Louisville gig is open. You think that could have been a, something in play for Dion uh, before all was said and done? Uh, absolutely. Colorado deserves even more pat on the back since that point. Of course, over the weekend, Cincinnati's head coach, Luke Fickle, left uh, towards Wisconsin, or last week, I should say. Uh, that's another one that could have absolutely factored in a Deion Sanders. Uh, we don't know how far uh, Cincinnati and Deion got from a communication standpoint, but again, that goes as more of a kudos to Colorado for jumping on this thing very, very quickly. You, again, understand the risk involved here, but from a naming standpoint, when is the last time we have sat down and talked about Colorado football recruiting? I've done so on a Pac-12 podcast a little bit, but not much. Uh, and, and and you talk about this fit. I think a lot of people look at it as a little outside the box because Dion's, you know, Dion's ties are in the South. You know, he's from Florida, played at Florida State, obviously played NFL and MLB professionally throughout the South, Atlanta, up to Cincinnati um, and elsewhere. Of course, Dallas, San Francisco on the football side, Baltimore, Washington on top of it. So kind of in that southeastern footprint, a little bit up the East Coast and into Texas. But if you think about Colorado, they can't really sit down and recruit locally anyway. So, again, this is more good on Colorado for recognizing, hey, we need a guy who has some national cachet. We have to go into California. We have to go into Texas. We have to go into the Pacific Northwest to recruit. And then you want to splash in the South where and when you can. Well, guess what? We can already check that box for Deion Sanders again. So I think you're seeing instant returns with this Dion deal. Uh, the interest, the buzz, all of that is, is extremely strong. And look, he's already got his first commitment. I mean, how long did it take us to get to that point? Winston Watkins committed to Colorado December 4th at 12.03 p.m. So you're talking about 12 hours or so after Deion Sanders got to Boulder for good, he already had his first verbal commitment. Oh, and by the way, Winston Watkins is a big-time player, former Texas A&M verbal commitment, a wide receiver at IMG Academy in the class of 25, cousin of Sammy Watkins, and they're all from that area, that same Fort Myers area that Deion Sanders kind of put on the map from a football standpoint. So guess who Winston Watkins grew up kind of idolizing all the way through? Deion Sanders. So the moment he took that job, even before that, Winston tells us, he was leaning towards playing for Dion. quote, uh, the moment he jumped to D1. So this was something that he had always thought of if and when Dion uh, made this move. Quote, I was going to go with him, just waiting for him to go D1, end quote. Connected with Winston a little bit this morning uh, and asked for a little bit more because this was obviously a bold move. Again, former commit to Texas A&M. And by the way, there was a lot of buzz with Winston Watkins for 
some other schools once he backed off of that Texas A&M verbal commitment. We mentioned his cousin Sammy is a Clemson legend at the same position. You knew they were going to get involved. But really the buzz was with Ohio State, um, which has uh, recruited that receiver position about as well as anyone. Brian Hartline is staying at OSU after overtures from Cincinnati and maybe some other schools. So you understood why the Buckeyes were about to be in the driver's seat for this walk-in recruitment until Dion took the Colorado job. Watkins has never even been to Boulder, Colorado. Even though he's a well-traveled IMG Academy recruit, yet and still, he was on board with Dion and ready to go. Uh, as for more of the reasons why, Watkins says, quote, it's Prime. I looked up to him all my childhood years and wanted to be like Prime. He is the GOAT, and I feel like he can develop me as a person and player. He has been to the highest level and dominated. He said Prime's reaction was uh, excitement. He's ready to for for more recruits to jump on board, of course. Uh, and Watkins shout outs that Fort Myers to Colorado uh, pipeline. He also says that a lot of his IMG academies are absolutely taking this in stride with excitement. So I think there's something to be said for that. Um, it, this roster is going to look different. Recruiting is going to be different at Colorado, but you've literally already got tangible returns. And I think that's fascinating. And obviously, so much more are on the way. How about this tweet from Josh Newberg of On3 Sports? Quote, a source at Colorado tells me over 200 recruits and portal transfers have reached out in the last 12 hours. Some of them are four and five star caliber players. Deion Sanders has a chance to make some noise before signing day. NIL money is also rolling in, I'm told. And again, you knew this was, was going to happen based off of precedent. We just saw him do this at Jackson State. So you say again that the, the pessimist will say, okay, well, he did that at Jackson State. Who was he really bringing in? You know what his 2022 class looked like at Jackson State? Not only did you have a couple of SI99 recruits, two of the top 99 players, including number one overall, jumped on board from the high school ranks, right? That is a story in and of itself. Travis Hunter, Kevin Coleman, all that buzz that that created. By the way, only 12 schools had more SI99 signings than Jackson State. So you're talking about 40 plus power five schools that Deion Sanders out recruited in terms of very top level quality in the 22 class. On top of that, the transfer portal was, of course, heavy towards Jackson State. 15 transfers came in. Get this, 10 of them from the power five level. And by the way, the other five also coming from the FBS. And it was from all over Utah. Fresno State, Florida State, South Carolina, Miami, two from Indiana. This thing was coast to coast. So once more, if you start to think about Colorado recruiting, you have to do so from a national standpoint because no disrespect to those in-state stars, you can't just pluck local talent and contend in, in the Pac-12, which is getting much better, by the way. I think we can all recognize that. This year, USC under Lincoln Riley, obviously going to be a problem. Oregon has hit the ground running under Dan Landing. Utah has won back-to-back Pac-12 titles in dominant fashion. Washington looks totally different under its current regime. And Michael Penix just announced that he's coming back for another year to lead that program at the quarterback position. UCLA looks much better and feels much more stable under Chip Kelly. Arizona State just hired Kenny Dillingham, a young, creative offensive mind who is going to make waves on that side of the ball. The Pac-12 is darn good and getting better. So to win in that conference, you're going to have to recruit at a national level. And once more, this is something that Dion has already proven 
he can do. And that was while selling prospects and players on Jackson, Mississippi to play FCS football. Think about that. To play FCS football, Deion Sanders was getting droves of Power 5 recruits and transfers with instant success thereafter. Have you ever been to Colorado? How about you just Google it? Google Boulder, Colorado. Now think of it in the Power 5. Now think of it with Deion Sanders at the helm. And let's also think of what matters more now than it ever has from a recruiting standpoint. Branding. Money. Marketing. NIL. Guess what happens? All these things go together. Guess who has mastered it for, I don't know, 40 years now? Deion Sanders at every level as a player and now nearly at every level as a coach. This is a guy who like 10 years ago was like, hey, let me start coaching at this high school in Texas and look at him now, right? This is not some celebrity CEO kind of deal where you just want a fancy name that brings buzz at the top. This is somebody who has started to have been there and done that as both a player and a person. So when somebody does it successfully in multiple facets, you've got to give them the benefit of the doubt. But again, the X factor here is that what matters more and more and more and more in college football recruiting is branding. What is my market? What can I make now before any professional deals in the NFL or uh, being a professional outside of the game of football? What can I do now? And that last part from Josh Newberg's tweet is interesting, right? NIL money is also rolling in. So that part of it will start to factor in. And guess what Dion does for that group? You're talking boosters, alumni, folks who have long been gone from Colorado. Now they're that much more likely to buy into a collective, to buy into donating and giving back to their alma mater because, again, Deion Sanders is now in town. And let's also, again, for those of you who don't know about Boulder, Colorado, not only is it beautiful, it's about 35 minutes from Denver, right? So a major city, the major city in that state, you're right on the cusp of it. So when you talk about recruiting and presenting something different, especially compared to Jackson, Mississippi, no disrespect, you are now presenting a major city with major cachet, pro sports town, and then 30 minutes away, you get this college vibe with the most marketable, singular head coach, polarizing, if you will, on top of it in Deion Sanders. So we're going to learn a lot about him from a hiring standpoint when he puts his full staff together. We're going to learn a lot more about him from a game planning standpoint once he actually puts a Colorado product on the field. Um, And he probably deserves a lot of patience for that, which I know most coaches don't get. But the other side of it, we don't have to learn a thing about Deion Sanders. And how many head coaching hires can we say that about? Hey, I already know this is taken care of. When Miami hired Mario Cristobal last cycle, as we do down in South Florida, hands up, we already know recruiting's fine. And by the way, despite not making a bowl, the Hurricanes have the number seven class in the country on Sports Illustrated. And they just flipped two prospects from schools that played in their conference title games. Okay, so it's not always about what the on-field product is doing. When a galvanizing, relentless recruiter jumps on board and NIL gets aligned with it in this day and age, big things can happen. And Miami's going to finish as 
most likely the highest rated recruiting program that did not make a bowl when all of this signing day dust settles on December 21st. Deion Sanders is going to do some of the same at Colorado. Now, I'm not going to talk crazy and say, hey, there's a similar appeal to South Florida and Boulder, Colorado. But they're more similar than they're different relative to how they're getting there. People still question Crystal Ball's coaching ability, game management, hiring ability, all of those things. But there's no question on the level of recruiter that he has become. And Deion Sanders appears to be on that way with a more modern approach to branding, right? He had kids at Jackson State rolling in NIL deals. Sure, his son was one of them, but it was still under his watch. And, and it still largely starts with the conversation around him. So we will see how that goes. Expect Colorado to flip some recruits before National Signing Day. Um, that portal number is crazy, right? A couple hundred have already hit him up. Uh, we're, we're not even at noon Eastern on Portal Monday, December 5th, the first day the portal opens up. There's almost 600 players in the portal already. As we mentioned, six ACC starting quarterbacks already in the portal. Guess who needs a quarterback? Colorado. Owen McCown hit the portal uh, earlier on Monday. Uh, so this is going to be something that galvanizes recruits, and it already has. Trey Sanders, number one running back in high school football in 2019, had a, a couple injuries at Alabama after signing there, uh, really never got going after that point. Of course, Bama's loaded at the position always. He tweets the basically the moment he finds out that Dion has gone to Colorado, quote, you got room for me, Unc? At Dion Sanders at CU Buffs football. It's different when kids reach out to you. It's a sign of arrival. And it's a sign of how quickly your roster can turn over. Quick update, according to Brandon Marcello of 24-7 Sports, 700 players, excuse me, are in the portal as of 11.50 a.m. Eastern time on December 5th. How many more of those are willing to say, maybe Colorado has a spot? Oh, and by the way, you probably have seen the video of Deion Sanders talking to his current Colorado players. The roster he has inherited at Colorado. A lot of polarizing views on that one too. If you didn't see it, quick uh, quick Google search or my Cliff Notes will tell you, Dion basically said, I appreciate it. Happy to be here. We're going to change a lot of things starting with this roster. So if you're thinking about the portal, hit it. And that rubs some people the wrong way. But when you introduce your son as QB1 at the press conference, you're not here to amend uh, the current roster. You're here to overhaul it. Uh, let's, as much as we want to lean in on these college players, as much as we want to give them the benefit of the doubt in this, this era of player mobility, player empowerment, player branding, as much as the adults want to give them the benefit of the doubt and the love and saying, Hey, these are, these are basically employees of these schools. Let's treat them as such. If we're going to give them that benefit of the doubt, let's give them the credence to say, Hey, they're adults. They can absorb something like that get the picture, get the message, and make their call. Dion's going to allow a lot of guys to hit that portal. And he said it himself. Hey, the more y'all hit the portal, the more room we have to overhaul this Colorado roster, which has been awful, by the way. Again, I shouldn't have to bring up the stats, but um, Colorado's been dreadful for a pretty long time. Had a, a blip of energy after that COVID season. They, they made the Pac-12 title game 
uh, in that altered season. So that was a, a bit of a rouge. But beyond that, no, no tangible, strong seasons until you go back to 2016. That's seven entire football seasons, which is a very, very long time ago. So this thing will be fascinating to track. Deion Sanders will overhaul that roster. And from a talent standpoint, Colorado will be better day one in 2023, certainly compared to where they were at the end of the last regime's uh, stops in 2022. So we're going to talk a lot more Deion Sanders as we learn more about it. Uh, they're shooting their shot with a lot of recruits. They've offered about 15 new class of 2023 recruits since having taken the job, including players committed to other schools like Caden Proctor, one of the top offensive tackles in the country. Uh, they've offered uh, SI 99 tight end Ethan Davis, who's committed to Tennessee. They're shooting their shot with big-time recruits right now, even if they're committed. And by the way, they're also looking at some of these commitment lists of, of coaches that have departed, like Cincinnati's, and they're digging into some of those offers as well. Amari Snowden, maybe my favorite Cincinnati decommitment in this cycle, DB out of Michigan, has also tweeted out an offer from Colorado. He'll take a visit to West Virginia sometime soon, so that will be a fun recruitment to track down the stretch. So as Josh Newberg hinted at, as most of us would have assumed, this will be a splash down the stretch in 16 days when Deion Sanders is going to sign his first recruiting class there uh, at the University of, of Colorado. Um, and by the way, for, for a final punctuation on the type of visibility and, and interest surrounding Deion Sanders' name, it's the end of the year, right? So naturally at SI, uh, where, where, where I'm employed, we go back and look at kind of what worked, right? What were the biggest stories that we produced from a readership standpoint, from an impact, engagement, social media, all that stuff. Number one was Arch Manning, an Arch Manning feature I did about his true contenders, basically when he narrowed his list to uh, Georgia, uh, Texas, and Alabama, which was really the final crew going back and forth for him before he picked Texas. That was my most read piece in um, in the last year or so. But basically starting from signing day 2021 to what's upcoming to be signing day 2022. So in that year span, my most well-read piece was an Arch Manning feature. Number two was Travis Hunter to Jackson State. Number four was Kevin Coleman to Jackson State. Okay, one in December, one in January. Or excuse me, one in February. Right. So over the, that long period of time, and we do a lot of different updates, right? We named our number one player in the country. We ranked the SI 99. We rank recruiting classes every month, breaking news, surprise news, decommitments, commitments, reactions, all sorts of content at SI. And here's two Jackson State pieces relative to recruiting in the top five of what yours truly has produced tangibly over the last year or so. If that Coming from Sports Illustrated, a national outlet is not the biggest evidence I can present to you as to why this is a big deal. Then I've got nothing left to say to you, right? You're just a denier or stubborn or whatever it's going to be. Uh, but don't underestimate this, this move in college football. We will be talking about Colorado more than we ever have. And that's because of one man and one move. That's not something we can always say about other college football programs. So this will be a needle moving mark in the coaching carousel, in recruiting, in moving forward in college football in this era 
we will go back to this Deion Sanders Colorado hire. High risk, high reward. And man, the more I talk about it, the safer it's starting to feel. So congratulations to all parties involved. Jackson State will fall forward, in my opinion. That program is, has been elevated to new heights. Obviously, Colorado shooting its shot with Dion before uh, others would. Uh, so comparing to me, comparing Dion and Hugh Freeze, who, you know, that was really the job that I thought could really shake things up. Dion Sanders to Auburn. Once Auburn elected not to offer Dion or really court him, it was all about Lane Kiffin and then it was all about Hugh Freeze, even though the AD will tell you it was always all about Hugh Freeze because they're all politicians at this point. That's how I want to compare this thing, because I do think he has more upside potentially than Hugh Freeze at Auburn, especially from a talent acquisition standpoint. And those of you who know me and know college ball know talent acquisition is the true base of all things college football. We talk all things college football, recruiting, roster building, management, portal, etc. right here for you at the State of Recruiting. Once again, I'm your host, John Garcia Jr. Please like, subscribe, rate, share, all of those things with State of Recruiting and the CFB Nation family on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey, wherever you get your content, wherever you consume this here podcast, please let us know about it. You can find me on Twitter at John Garcia underscore JR, my daily work at sportsillustrated.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back very soon as some of this transfer portal dust settles. Classic quarterback dominoes are going to fall in high school recruiting here down the stretch with these, these coaching carousel moves still being made. So there's so much to get to as we count down to National Signing Day right here for you at the State of Recruiting. God bless. Garcia out. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.